everyone. Welcome to the Western Front. This is episode 13 in series one. And there were a couple of weeks where, in my absence, the show didn't go on. But today, Sir Lockie Reed, unwell, unfit for duty, replaced by podcast expert, a man who podcasted well before podcasts were podcasts. And I'm talking about Steve Allen from the 10 Sports Department, Jack of all trades, master of all. Hello. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to go into bat for Lockie. You know, several times when you were absent, we talked about doing one. And when we just went, yep, okay, let's do it. Tim Gossage has got on the Twitter and said, no podcast this week. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. And so we were good to go. And we thought, well, we better not do so one. So you weren't now, brave but... enough to go, hey, Goss, do you mind if we do a podcast? You felt that because I was injured. Mm. And on death's door, it wouldn't have been the great medicine I required. I thought you should have done it. But anyway, too late now. Hey, what a weekend it was for our two teams, of course. And we're going to, for those who don't know, the Western Front, it starts off with the Eagles and Dockers, but we embrace the rest of the competition and the rest of the sporting world at some stage through the next half hour. And thank you for, for listening. West Coast, brave at the MCG, got an early lead. Everyone, I keep reading everywhere, Steve, that they blew a 29 point lead. Now, I don't think leading by 29 points early in the first quarter is blowing a lead. Different if it was 29 points in the last quarter, mm. I would then use that. So what did you make of their performance? Well, I, I said blew a lead in my script. Oh, so I'm gonna... oh you did, did you really? Well, it disappeared. No, it washed away is what I... Uh, well, no, I can do washed away. away. Washed away. Blue means they, they, they made so many mistakes that they blew the lead. Now, they did make mistakes. Now, they didn't stuff it, but they got nervous. You think it was nervous? Really, I think there were a few nervous moments. There were some very uncharacteristic moments. Luke Shuey. Tommy Barris times two. Jackson mm. Nelson. Turnover City cost him, didn't it? Well, back line under a lot of pressure. Yeah, but still, great result for Richmond. Great result for the competition. And, of course, Brisbane. More on that in a moment. Beating Geelong in a nail-biter. And Fremantle. Well, they didn't go out on top. Hayden Ballantyne and Aaron Sandlands. Good crowd, 47,000. I thought that was a fantastic turn-up, considering how cold it was and the weather that we've been encountering. What did you make of their performance? And John Warsfold? Well, no, show no emotion, John. Got him into the finals, the Bombers. It was really disappointing for Frio, wasn't it? I genuinely thought they'd get up for that game and see Sandy and Ballers off in style. And the highlight of the match was Sandy carrying Ballers yeah, off. Cool. Yeah, it's A bit like this podcast, really. You're going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. <laughs> Don't know about that. Yeah, you've come armed, uh, heavily armed with stats and AFL season records. Lockie Reed does the same. I come in with the bare necessities. You've but got three sheets of paper. Yeah, but that's only because I double-sided one. I've okay. got the same piece done twice. Hey, something special on the show. Now, I posted on the Twitter last week the demolition of Subiaco. A very basic 13-second video of it being knocked over. Now, I said, what's your most significant memory of Subiaco? We've got lots of people on the Western Front Twitter, WFrontW. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and have a comment. A lot of people said the video you're showing is the most significant. So you've been, <laughs> I think because we're now... This unbelievable new stadium because I was a believer it should have been a redeveloped Subi Oval just for a selfish point of view close to Channel 10 close to home close to where I want to be but love the new stadium so I understand why it's there now but still got some great memories later in the show we're going to talk about my 10 memories of Subi Oval over the journey and your 10 memories now I've got a sneaking suspicion Steve Allen mm. that your memories are very very different to mine mine are virtually 
non-playing memories, non-game related memories, so more self-indulgent memories. You're going to take people behind the scenes That's a little it. bit. That's yeah. It. Memory lane stuff. I should unlucky not to make mine. I still remember the first time I saw Tim Gossett roving around. Yes. And I thought, geez, he's tall. Did you say that was one of the memories? Yeah. You were the bloke that yelled out, hey, you're a... And I turned around and gave him the bird. No, I didn't say boo, which is similar to my time here at Channel 10. <laughs> is Tim Gossage taller now than he was way back then? No, you were taller then. Way down by my wallet, that's why. Alrighty, what did you make of Brisbane and Geelong? Um, now, every week on the podcast, we've talked about whether they're the real deal. Brisbane? Brisbane mm. are the real deal. Can they beat Richmond this week? I oh, know this sounds silly. You, you feel like... Brisbane's a year too early, but you've got to you've got to ride that wave because that wave can pass very quickly, and I don't think Melbourne. it'll be necessarily a long wave. Yeah, Melbourne. That was a short wave, wasn't it? They didn't. They fell off the wave in the prelim <laughs> yeah. final here, and have never got back on back the board. on the shore. Yeah, terrible. Uh, so look, well done to Brisbane. That was a classic game against Geelong. So we're going to talk more on that in a moment. Uh, also coming up, right field, left field. Now, for those who don't know, and I know you're the podcast listener. Oh, before we go on about right field, left field, and and right field is a question that we know the questions coming. Left field, we don't know, so no preparation. Take me down a little trip down the Steve Allen memory lane in regards to podcasts that you've done. Over the journey, you, you did podcasts before podcasts were in vogue. Yeah, I used to do one with Adam Papalia and Andrew Williams, and I, wow. can't, I can't even remember the name of it. But we did have footy do... in the name. I was it about footy? the interchange bench? There you go. Footy related. Yeah, a lot of silly stuff. How many episodes would you've done? Oh, we did it. Probably for, it feels like three or four years. Is that right? Every week during the footy. Can season. we still find it on the podcast app? Yeah. If not on the app, no, no app, no. It'll be somewhere on the the internet. On the net. Get on the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Kamal, get on the YouTube. Uh, yeah. So my right field question is coming up. Also the left field. Sir Swamp Thing or social media post that we saw over the weekend that we think is of significance that we thought, wow, that's a bit of a surprise. Mine was a screenshot save from round fourteen. What that, happened in round fourteen? Well, I can't say too much, but it was the situation that the AFL ladder was in round 14 comparison to what it is seven, eight rounds later. So this is a tease. You're not going to tell me now. Yeah, so you're trying to hook. So what, you, what we're trying to do is we've now got the people who have podcasted in. Yeah. Funny you should say that. I was walking the said Beagleia, Butters the Beagleia yeah. yesterday. It was a sustained walk. Yes, about 35 minutes, which is good for me and him. Anyway, somehow I must have gone to sleep listening to this podcast, which is funny. Good podcast. <laughs> yeah. And somehow it must have, because it rolls over one into the next, into the next, mm. and so it's linked somehow. Yeah. I don't know if that's normal. Where have you gone? Round, so 5th of August. So two, three podcasts ago. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Three podcasts no, ago. I shouldn't just nod on 12, the podcast. 12, 19. Yeah. Three podcasts ago today. Right. And Lockie and I were talking. So it was the 5th of August, I reckon it was. And Lockie and I were talking. And we both went, and it was about the 20-minute mark of the podcast. I made look, And I thought it was last week. And I'm going, gee, that was that week, time flies. Mm. But somehow it slipped into the 5th of August podcast that Lockie and I did. And we both said, almost in the same sentence at the same time, David T won't get the job at Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> we are, no, no, no. Someone will come over the top. That's the way we spoke. And I went, 
So we did that last Monday, and then by about Tuesday or Wednesday, I'd got the job. But then I looked at the time. It was the 5th of August. So it's amazing how the worm turns quickly, and we go into podcast uh, fish and chip wrapper very quickly. I'm still stunned that the caretakers, both, well, two of them have got the job. Mm. Three? They lost, didn't they, on the weekend? Yeah, Brett Ratton died. To Carlton. What do you think? I'm going to interview Robert Harvey. Yeah. Brad Scott's still looking for a gig. Justin Longmuir? Have to be a chance, but I reckon if he kept his powder dry, he might get a job somewhere else. What happened to eventually. Scotty Burns? No, permanent assistant. That's sort of that, 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 that boat has sailed, I think. Okay. Very good assistant coach. And, and there are some blokes who are very good assistant coaches. Very good. Long serving. Robbie yeah, Wiley was a very good going. assistant coach. Tim Gossage, Subiaco, Colts. Step straight up, though. Only was assistant for one year. Okay. Do you miss Lockie at the moment? Who? Lockie, Lockie Reed. Oh, no, no, he's recovering, mate. He's got to be. He's got to be up and around for Wednesday. He's got a big job Wednesday. Round the ground. Uh, no, uh, oh, no. Oh, hang on. Yeah, hang on, mate. Hang on. There's a big celebration. Yeah, isn't there? yeah. We'll talk more about that uh, another time. Hey, let's get into. So, so as it stands right now, then, Steve. Mm. Next week's games are massive. West Coast Hawthorne, and that's fair enough. We think West Coast will win that. West so, Coast will win. Okay, so. I've tried to get up the ladder predictor, but it seems to have stopped. Anyway, at the moment, the ladder is Brisbane, Geelong, West Coast, Richmond. There's your top four. Collingwood are fifth on 56. GWS, are, so, so forget about sixth, seventh, eighth for now in mm. regards to, we know GWS will play finals, Essendon will play finals, and Bulldogs probably play finals with Hawthorne, Adelaide, Port Adelaide pushing up. West Coast, Hawthorne, Brisbane take on Richmond, and Geelong host Carlton. And in the other game, it is Richmond, and, of course, we know that Richmond have a game against the Brisbane Lions, as I've mentioned. Do you think do you think Brisbane are any chance there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely so they you got, are. You got I wasn't sold on Richmond yesterday. Brisbane top of the ladder. Nothing to suggest they can't. They just keep on winning, mate. After what you saw from Richmond yesterday. I was not sold on Richmond yesterday. I thought it was a great game, but I don't think they are the absolute laydowns. They defeated the... Reigning premiers mate, from 29 mate, points down. I understand that. Yeah, but they blew their lead. It rained, mate. All right, listen, just tell me something about that. I tried to make this point on the, on the social media yesterday. No, I know. I know. And the commentators we... were going on like it was some sort of massive upset. Richmond were odds on favourites to win. They were $1.50 to win the game. So if they hadn't won, that would have been a disappointment. That would have been an upset. Correct, Steve. So you can't be odds on favourites and win a game. And upset just because you're playing the reigning premier from the year before. You've, they've had the softest run ever at the MCG, which will continue. They are no certainties, Richmond, to win the flag. I'm going out on a limb. They might not lose a game for the rest of the season. They might not win the grand final, Steve. We've, we've seen them very differently at the moment. Yeah, we are. I still think West Coast and I, and I genuinely think Brisbane and whoever. Look, it could be Collingwood v... Bulldogs in the first week of the finals. Imagine mm. that. One of those mm. teams is going to cause a real problem in the finals. It's going to be a very exciting final. It's going to be I don't a want to, I'm trying to keep my powder dry because there's some, lid on it. there's some other things coming oh. up. He's just pointed at his book. You've written yeah. down some... Yeah. So when did you realise you, today was your day? Podcast. I thought, debut. honestly, Lockie, I thought he'd get up. Yeah, me too. He doesn't too. like having a day off. No, he doesn't, especially Mondays. So I sort of had a little think about it last night. Didn't keep me up, and then then I got the 
the text is waiting for me. Tim Gossage gets up pretty early in the morning. Correct. And he's not afraid to send a text. He said, <laughs> well, come on, world. Steve Podcast. Yeah. In capital letters, Steve, I think yeah. it might have even been. Why does your name come up in capitals in my phone? Is that what I'm yelling I at you? I assume you're yelling at me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't like yelling. Yelling. Uh, uh, okay, let's go with your right field question to me, and then I'll nail back the right field question. And still to come, the Bank West Player of the Year. Now, it's a done deal. It's down. It's done. The winner has decided. But we've still got to give our votes from the weekend fixtures. Okay. My, my right field question or your... No, you go first. You ask me the right field question. Right field question. I want to know, by state, so yep. that in the next 10 years, yep. how many premierships go to each state? So okay. it's a vaguing Is that it including this year? Or shall you... Let's include this. Section. Okay, right. Now, do I have to answer the right field? Or you just go for it. Yeah, you can You can con- converse so, with me. All right. How many... How many Premierships end up in Western Australia? One. Okay. I'm going to assume you're giving that to the West Coast. Correct. South Australia, after the weekend. Big reactionary. Yeah. None. They are so far off the pace, it's scary. Rebuild coming. Queensland. Two. Both Brisbane's. Okay. Well, that's no I think they're going to be in the the zone for the next five years. Do you send any to New South Wales? Nil. Which means... Oh, sorry. No. I've got one. One. Yeah, I think GWS is still good enough still, inside 10 years. Mm. Inside 10 years, somewhere. A couple of years ago, would it have been more than... Oh, no doubt. It would have been yeah. three or four. So, yeah, they've w- watered them down to one. So, so far, I've got two to Queensland, one to New South Wales, one to WA, Which means none to South Australia. Six. You're, you're sending six to Victoria. Yeah. Bulldogs. Yeah. Carlton. Carlton? Yeah, Carlton will win a flag in 10 years. Wow. Yeah, they will. Okay. And... Pies, Richmond. Yeah, the dominant ones. So, I think Western Bulldogs... They can win one. Yep. Yep. They've surprised me, the Bulldogs, but hats off to them because, you know, they did this again several years ago. They just came late. They had a seven or eight-week surge, and that's all they did. They were average at best. They hung around long enough. The rest of the competition's fallen over this year for them. What's going on in South Australia? Pike and Hinkley. That's it's a sad state of affairs. I just can't get my head around what's happened for Adelaide to be grand finalists two, two years ago to now. It can turn around again the other way very quickly, but... They don't have just, the list. They've got an average list. They've both got average lists. I don't know. I can see some upside for power. Everyone says that all the time. And Adelaide, you don't discount their ability to rebuild. Scott Lysett can't get a game at Port Adelaide, mate. That's interesting. He's a premiership ruckman and was a significant premiership ruckman. Okay, my right field question for you. Jared Roughhead was chaired off the ground yesterday. Mm. When he got placed back down on the ground, mm. he made a beeline for one Stuart Jew, who was a long-time assistant and a premiership player at Hawthorne and was an assistant to at Hawthorne. Yep. And he went over there. And I reckon he might have murmured some words... I'll be in touch. You reckon that's the timing he goes? He wouldn't have Stuart Jew's number to contact him. I just, I look, I don't think he said, hey, mate, I'll give you a call on Monday. I think it was more, we'll talk. So what do you think they might talk about? I think he's got another year left in him. I think there's a Hodge Mitchell moment left in Jay Ruffin. Mate, you don't kick six in a game, albeit against the Gold Coast, but be as dominant. Now, he's even made noises about coming over to WA to play against West Coast. And on form, mm. the question would be, will he? That's a big question for Alistair Clarkson to answer. I think it comes down to whether Mitchell Lewis is fit. Yeah. So okay. He, so he you're you're taking in. straight back to footy. I'm sort of I'm looking at some theatre and some emotion. Yeah. You don't think you, Roughheads you think in their best twenty-two right now, when everyone's available? In 
my head or an Alistair Clarko's head? Don't worry about Clarko's head right now. Clarko has got theatre written in him. They're not going to make it because the Bulldogs are going to win. Yep. They're not going to make it. So regardless, so they're, they're, they're the remotest of the remote chances of making the finals. I don't think he plays. Okay. There you go. You've got Joe Roughhead gone. Oh, so the question is, mm. will he play somewhere else next year? No, I think there's been so much made about him being a one-club player. And the banner was up yesterday. They've made a big thing of that. They've got stuck into Buddy during the week for leaving. I know it's a completely different circumstance. But Hodge did the same, mate. I think he's wrapped up in the one-club player. Okay. All right, we'll wait and see. I, I reckon there's at least one, maybe two years, years left in Ruffy, and certainly as a, as a uh, an on-field maybe role player as a coach for a team like the Gold Coast. I mean, you can't dump every player X. You, know, you can't say, oh, yeah, Ballantyne, he could go up to... I mean, it'll end up with... A, it'll be a retirement farm. It'll be like an old people's home eventually up there at the Gold Coast Suns, but they certainly need some help. Hey, we're going to take a break. Coming up, we are going to talk about our Subiaco Oval memories. Based on a tweet last week, uh, what do they call it, a video tweet? Was it a moving yeah, tweet? It was a video. Let's yeah. call it a video. Yeah, that's it. That you tweeted. So, yeah, and I just said, it's being knocked over. What's your memories? And everyone chimed in with great memories over the journeys and having a dig at certain parts of the ground and where they were when the ground was there. Served its purpose, been a great place, but it is being demolished at a rapid rate, Subiaco Oval, as we speak. Coming up, Steve's top 10 moments of uh, Subiaco and my top 10, and I reckon we're coming from faraway places as well. Stay with us. This is... The Western Front Podcast with Steve Allen in Lockie Reed's boots today and yours truly, Tim Gossage. More on the way. We've got to pay some bills. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. And I'm Shira Taft. And we are the hosts of The Reality Bite this season, of course, talking about all things The Bachelor. It's cocktails and roses. It's Matt Agnew, the astrophysicist, trying to find love amongst beautiful girls from Australia who are throwing themselves at him. And we're going to be talking about it every week. Watch The Bachelor 7.30 Wednesdays and Thursdays and catch us on The Reality Bite. And ask for a rose. Welcome back to the podcast. Steve Allen is here in for Lockie Reed. Thanks for downloading and sharing and episoding. This is episode 13, Baker's Dozen. All righty. Mm. Subi Oval. They didn't demolish it quick enough. What? Yeah, how bad did it no, deteriorate yeah, but that's because Yeah, but that's because they knew they were not going to be there. So they, it was the basics. The toilet getting blocked in the media box. Is how, that in your memory? No, but top 10? should be. One memory I did go, I went to a Robbie Williams concert there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and How I went into the toilet, right, and there were two, three blokes in the same cubicle. <laughs> right? What were they oh, doing? Oh, they were having there? a discussion. Yeah. Well, Don't know. And I, might have seen something yeah, well, a little untoward. Yeah, well, that's my point, and I say this in the nicest possible way. Now, I'm not one to cast aspersions or mm. nasturtiums at anyone, but it might have been, they might have been doing something somewhat pushing the illegal boundaries. And I've never seen such activity in my whole 54 years of life. And it stayed with you? Yeah. So that Cassione? comes in number 10? No, nah, it's not in the 10. That's a, that's a, it's, it's, it's a notable mention. Okay. Okay. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go. Number 10. Mm-hmm. I don't think this will be in yours. I'm curious to see how many of so those. So we're going to go 10, 1, 10, 9, 8, 7 okay, together? Yeah, or are you 10, going to go all the way start at 10. Okay, gotcha. The NSL grand final, the glory, they did blow yeah. a 3 0 Was that against the Wollongong Wolves? Wollongong. And then they had a penalty shootout? Mm-hmm. And the one of the owners' sons took a penalty and was it didn't? Taka? No, it wasn't Taka. Taka? No, it wasn't Taka. You short? Yes. I reckon he did. But anyway. Anyway, someone didn't. Afcos? Yes. And he it wasn't Tucker, it was AFCOS. Yeah. Did he not take a penalty or he did take a penalty? 
who did take a penalty. Someone didn't take a penalty that should have taken a penalty. See, Samson CSC is in trouble. No, what's happened to him? He got done for match fixing. Taken a turn. He's Samson CSC, the Nigerian superstar. While he was in the NSL? (laughs) No, long time ago uh, he was here, but... He played with another guy from Nigeria called Peter Anasiki. Yeah. Great goal, Peter Anasiki. Mm. Samson CSC came with much fanfare and played, played, uh, kicked three goals in his journey. All right, back to this. Uh, so you've got the glory. Glory, blowing it. Okay. Now, mine is, now for, for those who are listening, and unlike normal practice for me, mm-hmm. um, self-indulgent, my top ten. It's your week. Go ahead. Coaching Subiaco Colts. It's your, it's your podcast too. Coaching Subiaco Colts against East Perth and leading by a couple of points. Now, East Perth had Gary Moss, who played at Hawthorne, Matty Lewenberger, and a couple of others. We had a fairly good side as well. And we we had eight or nine Waffle League players who went on to play league and four or five AFL players. Daniel Rich, um, Dave Goudis, Jaron Jackie, Trent Dennis Lane. They were in in the team that I was coaching. But there was a young guy called Josh Watson who actually went on to play league football for Subiaco. And he was playing in the last line of defence. It was a beautiful long kick out. East Perth kicked a goal. It was a pre-before an AFL game. So the big net was behind the goal at the city end. And at three-quarter time, I'd said to anyone who said, if we're in front late in the game, don't reach over the fence through the net and pull the ball. Walk around the net. Get the ball, then walk back around the net and come back. Run the clock down because the clock continually runs in Colts. You've brought the game into disrepute. Push the boundaries, I did. Anyway, we're up by two points against East Perth. And Josh Watson, to his credit... Led over the fence, went to grab it and went, uh-uh, coach told us. <laughs> he walked around, the, got over the fence, went all the way around, picked up the ball on the other side of the net, walked all the way back, got over the fence, and the clock just tick, 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 tick. Bam! Well done, Josh. Hey. <laughs> Good, true story. You're a cheat. That's not cheating. That's the rules of the rules. The clock didn't stop. So we needed to win, and we did, and we made the finals. Next. uh, Number nine, ACDC. ACDC. I could have gone some other concerts, but it was good to see ACDC. They're on their last legs. Mm. They've come again since. (laughs) My daughter went to ACDC concert. She said it was the loudest thing she's ever had in, in her entire life. It was just reverberated through her head for... Hours. Don't know why they had it at Subi Oval. I suppose it was the biggest place we had at yeah, the Yeah, what other outdoor venue could we have had at? at? The, the NIB. No, it's too small. It's only 20,000 yeah. NIB. Alrighty, so there it is here. You've got Akadaka at number nine. Uh, mine would be Subiaco Football Club running out on the ground in the mid-70s when we couldn't win a game. Now, we won a flag in 73, but we couldn't win a game at this point. And they, run out, they ran out in... I remember Peter Burton, Spider Burton, Jay yeah. Burton, Travis Burton, Dad, who played at Subi for many long years, was the lead ruckman and captain, led the team out. Yellow socks, and those were the days when the socks were up. Yeah. Always up. Yellow shorts, yellow jumper with a maroon line, and everyone went, what? I mean, we were maroon and gold. Yeah. It's the day when Subiaco had the line on the very front of the jumper. Had it for about four or five How years. How many appearances did this? One. Okay. It was the outcry because I think they got flogged and they called them the canaries or something like that. Had, the, the feedback was woeful. It was bizarre. They ran out in all yellow with a maroon line. I was staggered. The whole, everyone just went, what? It was almost, we all laughed as Subiaco mm. members in the 70s. Anyway, that's a memory from so Subiaco. What happened to the jersey? Still Did around. I think they used it as a training jumper. But it was the yellow shorts and the yellow socks. It wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have mattered so much if they'd worn the yellow jumper with maroon pants or whatever. But it was just bizarre. But it looked terrible. Anyway, number eight. 
Number eight. Now, I've got... I'm trying to thought, think of the best on-field moment in terms of just a goal. There's a Mark Nikoski goal from the pocket. And I remember I just thinking, wow, that was an amazing goal. It was the banana falling backwards, going over the line. And I tried to find a highlight of this. I went to the YouTube and couldn't find it. I thought, wow, it probably couldn't have been that good a goal. But in my memory, it was an amazing goal. And I felt a bit bad for Mark Nikoski not even having that bob up on the internet. So I've included it in my top eight. Number eight for me. Um, Let's go with Gary Sidebottom, the late Gary Sidebottom, who unfortunately died just several months ago. Gary Sidebottom, playing for Swan District's Reserves, got involved in an on-field stoush with, I think, Mal Day, who played a lot of football for Perth. And it was at, when the old oval was on, and there was a fight, and Sidebottom jumped the fence and ran off around the old Subiaco members' stand and went in the back door and disappeared, and all the Perth Football Club players were waiting for him. What? Yeah, I think, yeah, true story. So it was a reserves game, Swan District's, Perth, so I'm assuming it was a final, like a first semi-final in the Waffle Reserves, and Sidebottom was playing it, so it was interesting because, you know, he was a superstar, but he must have been injured or suspended or whatever, something coming back from suspension, and Mel Day played in it. People may remember this, Perth v Swans, 70s, Subi Oval, and Sidebottom jumped the fence and ran off the ground because the Perth Football Club players wanted to throttle him. How many of your top 10 involve someone jumping the fence? I'm noticing a thing. There's a lot of that involved. Okay. Number seven. Yep. Uh, when Pav and McFarlane retired, I uh, I just remember that. Now McFarlane didn't even get to play in the game. They've lost the they lost a prelim to the Hawks and he walked been around injured. the boundary with his kids. And I just remember watching Beautiful. it afterwards. I love and that. He was crying. Love and, it. Had his you know, wife and his kids, and he was walking around in his Dockers outfit suit. And this isn't traditionally like with a packed stadium. This is everyone's left. That's a, very that's very Luke McFarlane. A handful of drunks in the stadium. Yeah, he was acknowledging them, but he was yeah. crying. Yeah. Great memory. Really good memory. Oh, I like that one very much. Peter Munro. Peter Munro was a full forward that played for Subiaco. He wasn't very tall, but could take a big mark. Uh, I think he wore number 13. I've got no idea. And I reckon he might have been at the Footscray. I reckon he came from Footscray to play. And he had a vision issue, like he needed glasses or he wore contacts or whatever it was. The ball was at the other end at Subi Oval. He was at the three-tier stand-in. He took three steps back and flew over the top of his defender. The ball was 100 metres at the other end of the ground. What? He saw a shadow of a bird (laughs) and he... True story. True story. And everyone went, wow, what was that? And the fullback looked at him and he went, oh, sorry, mate. He got up and said, sorry, mate, sorry. Because he couldn't actually see because it's not great. So when the ball came, it sort of, he just followed the pack. But he was sort of looking. I think it caught him off guard. Like he must have looked away and looked back and thought, oh, there's the... And he flew up and it was, he didn't go to grab the bird, but it was a reflection or something that he saw, like a shadow. And he flew up and the ball was literally 100 metres away. That's an amazing story. Peter Munro. True story. Something Oval memory. you expect to see in the amateurs. Yes. Uh, number six for me, my first derby that I ever went to, and it was a shocking day. It was a bad game, and at 1997, Sean McManus did his knee. Oh, yes. Awful game. Shawnee Awful Mac. Awful game. But just my memory of This is before Subi was... Subi didn't look like yeah. it did now. Yeah, yeah. It was still... So was there a grass stand at the time? 
grass stands, the grass bank up behind the oval. Yeah, behind the oval, behind behind the city end. Absolutely. And there was and there was and where the stand was, that was tiered was concrete tiers. You stood there with a bar, with the with the bars, the metal bars in front of you. It was an eye-opening And that's where the Premier, Alan Carpenter, and the long-time Nationals, Grant Woodhams, who did the weather on the ABC and Carpenter did the 7.30 report, before they were politicians and famous, stood on the Subiaco wing underneath the, and went, ooby doobie, come on, Subi. They started the ooby doobies. <laughs> Is that right? Greg Carpenter and Grant Woodhams, as we start. Hey, right, let's get through these. Uh, for me, selling the footy budget for the very first State of Origin game for yeah, Leon Larkin. What did it cost? Dollar. I reckon no. it was a dollar. Yeah. And, you know, because of the normal footy budget, it was 20 cents. And everyone went, oh, whoa, that's a disgrace. But I remember going in there and selling the footy budget for the very first State of Origin Any game. markup that you were getting on the site? I got paid good money, I reckon. Yeah. Cash, no tax. Uh, number five, the Dockers' prelim win when they uh, beat Sydney. That was unbelievable football from Frio. Great moment. Probably their biggest game at Subio. Nice. Mine was lining up for the 77, I think it was, grand final, East Perth. Perth poured mm. with rain and I queued up and we were second in the line at the at the Subiaco end um, gates. How long did you queue up? Oh, from my dad and mum dropped me off at like three o'clock in the morning with my brothers. And wow. we and then the gates opened and we had to dash and we dashed and we got front row on the on the wing and watched that grand final and it was torrential from start to finish. Yeah, I was going to ask, worth it? Great, great day that day, not weather wise, but yeah, well, classic grand final. Uh, my number four, the Swan Districts uh, Premiership win at Subiaco. I think the best game of footy I've ever seen. Andrew Cracker. Yeah. I was sitting in the commentary box calling the game and Chris Waterman was the assistant uh, was the special comments and he goes, I just feel like Andrew Cracker's got one more good kick in him. <laughs> Spot on. He na- absolutely nailed it. Uh, mine was the hosting the West Coast Eagles return from the Premiership in 2006. Massive ah. sea of fans. I was lucky enough, got asked by the Eagles to host it and I read out the 21 players who played in that grand final because we couldn't find Ben anywhere. Right. Ed he was partying hard. He was still there, but he just he wasn't that keen to come out and wave to the fans. He had a big so, celebration. So every other player came out. No Benny. No Benny. No Benny. But still, was a great player in that grand final. I was there that day doing work experience for another station. They weren't afraid to send me out and do a <laughs> bit of work. Uh, my number three, the Wiz, kicking the goal after the siren to win a game. And I remember it because it was the... One of the first seasons I'd worked at the footy, I was too young for broadcasting. I was, uh, I was at Mustard's Catering, oh, and I was supposed nice. to be ferrying drinks to the corporates, but they'd slowed down by that stage. <laughs> so I'd just poked my head out the side door <laughs> to watch what was going on. Very cool. Good memories here at Subiaco Oval. Uh, one, another one for me was hosting the Hall of Fame at the ground, on the ground, on a mm. marquee. Uh, Derek Kickett was there. Um, a whole range of other legends and luminaries, and they sounded the siren at the Oval for the last time. That was the end of the night where they sounded the siren. It was on the Subiaco Oval. It was the last real official function held at the ground. Is this the one where you got stitched up by Juddy and, and Darren Glass's mum? No, that was uh, the one after at Fraser's, but at the uh, State Conve- Reception Centre. This was actually on the ground. So, no, those memories keep flooding back, but that was a wonderful moment. Number two, sad one, because I think it's still the biggest story that's happened in my time. Uh, working in news and footy is uh, the morning of Phil, Phil Walsh when Adelaide had come here after he died. Uh, that was the feeling around the ground, something that'll never be felt again. That Unbelievable. Was, yeah. And the players all stood and there was tears and the like, yeah. 
And, um, yeah, it was a really sad time for the footy club, but a great time for the football community to unite. And Subiaco Oval was the stage for that. Mine was playing Little League. Second number one, second was playing Little League for Subiaco. Took a mark at the top of the goal square. It was from side to side. So it was no, there was no odds kicking these days. Yeah. It was one game. And it was straight across the ground, the full length of the ground. Goals, it was full on you. You got a, you got the full uniform on. You had a, a chalk milk waiting for you after the game. You ran out. You got in position. Had a shot from a goal at the top of the goal square. Skewed it to the left. Missed. Siren sound. And we lost 2-1-1-4. And Subiaco being the home team, we used to have to run three quarters of the ground right around the yeah, outside to yeah, wave yeah. for the fans. Clement only had to do the short version back to the underneath the three-tier stand change rooms and I was in tears because I'd lost us the game <laughs> way back in, it was about 1975, 76. What do you feel you, you did wrong? Uh, probably rushed. Yeah. I probably rushed myself, um, but probably was just, like as Ross Lyon would say, we don't teach skills, we teach effort. Effort was there, skill was not. So you've moved on. I'm glad to see not, some of not Ross. Not quite, not quite. I've still got it in one of my top ten memories. <laughs> my number one Justin Longmuir winning the game. Oh, yeah, Longy. Great old. Back to the crowd. Troy Cook got involved. They all got involved. Can't believe I've brought up Justin Longmuir twice in the long podcast. No, no, you haven't. And mine was 1973 grand final. I say it every time. Subiaco beat West Perth 10-12 to 6-4. I was there. Um, Great day. We'd lost the three home and away games in the second semi-final to West Perth. We smashed them. Um, I remember leading up to the game, Gary Crouch, who was playing for Subiaco, rode down his bike past my Rosalie Primary School, said, are you going to the game, big fella? And I said, I certainly am, Mr. Crouch. And he goes, you can call me Crunch. So I did. Okay, Mr. Crunch. Anyway, he said, be behind the goals when we run out. Subiaco ran out. They had 6pm Coca-Cola footy signed by the entire team. He made a beeline for me. I was waving, handed me the ball. Big West Perth supporter took it out of my hand, stuck it under his jumper and ran off. That's why I hate West yeah, Perth. No. <laughs> 10, 12 to 6, 4. There are Subiaco Oval memories. Have you got any more? No, that's it. Well, I was going to say, oh, yeah, we could go more. Hey, Sir Swamp Thing, and then our votes, because this is going on and on and on. Lockie Reed, we were on a record last week for wrapping it up in 30 minutes. We are smashing out an epic marathon performance here today. Sorry. Sir Swamp Thing, or your stat that you found on the uh, social mm. media? Uh, Essendon, the first team ever to win, to lose a game by 100 points or more, and then come west and win in Perth the week after. Is that right? Mm. Is that right? Well, mine, that's a good... That's well done, a, Wush. Now that, is, that is good. It's under pressure, now, Wush. Lockie, did you know <laughs> Show some emotion, Wush. Uh, Lockie did send us this one, that North Cairns played Port Douglas in the Queensland Football League, Northern mm. Queensland. I think we're all following that one very closely. 63-24, 402 Port Douglas, North Cairns, no score. That's ridiculous. That's the score. That. Hey, we did forget, we did forget one thing. Mm. Left field question. Left field question. I haven't, I've got it in my notes Go. here. Who's the best team in the AFL right now for next season? Brisbane. Brisbane. No, you, you're so in love with Brisbane. Brisbane. Well, it's a fact. Moment. It's a story. Okay, my left field question for you. How many Dockers, contracted or not, will keep their job for next season? Would you Would you keep? Next oh. season or not, contracted. How many would just go, yep, you're, a, you're... And not because we think you've got potential, that you'd say, I've seen them and they're going to cut. They're going to cut it. It's not going to be as bad as you think. But where, where do we go with, say, the likes of Ed Langdon and Bradley? Hill? No, well, is he going to be there or not? Langdon well, might be there. He'll they be there. want them there, but they probably won't. They're not going to. Forget about that. I'm talking about the talent pool. I've got no ha- issue with the talent, mate. I'm saying they don't turn over that many. I, I think they'll turn over seven players. That's not big for them. They've barely got, they've got nothing out of last year's draft. 
Valenti and Sturt, they'll be okay. Oh, what's the matter with you? You're that? living in okay world, mate. They're okay. Bagwest Player of the Year, 3-2-1. Here they are, 3 to Yo, 2 to Jetta, 1 to Nelson. He made one mistake, but I tell you what, he was good during the game. Fremantle, Walters got three. Hughes, I thought, very good. He ran out of petrol tickets late. Mm. He was tired. Sandlands, again, one. Should play again for one more year, but won't. Nat Fife's going to win the $10,000. It will go to the charity of Nat Fife's choice through the Fremantle Football Club, courtesy of our wonderful friends at Bank West. Game over. Nat Fife is the winner. But there's still plenty of votes to be had for the prize of getting on the dais. For second and third, I think Walters, Hill, Yo, and Shuey are in the mix for second and third. Shep, did you say Shep? Shep's around there Shep. as well. Yeah, nice work by you. Hey, you did good, played strong. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Mum will be happy. Yeah, well, mate, does she listen to podcasts? No. <laughs> but I'll tell her that I was on it and she'll be proud. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Get well soon, Lockie Reed. This has been the Western Front. We do it again next Monday. Hey, you. Yes. You. Yes. Do you listen to podcasts? Not yet. Well, you bloody well should. What should I listen about? We have some 10 Speaks podcasts you might be interested in. What kind of podcast do you like to listen to? I'd like to listen to one spoken by two men in a small booth about Western Australian sport. Well, we have the Western Front, actually, with Tim Gossage and All right, I'm over that. Do you have anything about homes now? I want to know about homes. We have Hammer at Home with Barry Dubois. Sorry, I can't hear you over The Bachelor I'm watching on television. Could I watch anything more about The Bachelor? No, you can't, but you can listen to The Reality Bite. That's a weekly look at The Bachelor action with Georgia Love and Shura Taft. I like Hugh Rimmington. Is there any way to listen to more of Hugh Rimmington? There is. Do you like Peter Van Onselen? Yeah, I like Peter Van Onselen. Well, you can hear Hugh Rimmington and Peter Van Onselen. Do you mean Professor Peter Van Onselen? That's the one. Yeah. They're talking politics in The Professor and the Hat. Politics? I don't want to hear about that. Well, you should. Okay. Well, I'm in. If you want to hear any of these, search them in your podcast player of choice. They're 10 Speaks podcasts. Have I convinced you to listen to some podcasts now? Yes. Well, hurry up. Okay.